Hi, welcome back to Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam. With us today is Harry Dunn. Harry, you were uh, one of the police officers who testified before Congress about the insurrection on January 6th. He's here to talk to us about that and to uh, tell us a little bit about life uh, since the insurrection. Harry, thanks for being here. I appreciate thank, it. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. It uh, isn't every day I get to talk to a guy like yourself. I'm, I'm really honored. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> and I owe you money now, too. <laughs> so, Harry, will be with us. we got to take a break for the wonderful commercial part of Paying the Bills. Stick around. We'll be right back. Attention, JATQ listeners. This is a friendly reminder that our weekly newsletter will be moving to the online newsletter database called Substack. Our entire back catalog of weekly updates will be available there, as well as Brian's articles from Playboy and Bulwark. You can check all of that out at justaskthequestion.substack.com. That's justaskthequestion.substack.com. Hi, we're back. It's Just Asked the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam, and with us today is Harry Dunn. Harry, uh, one of the police officers who testified before Congress uh, about the insurrection on January 6th. Take me back to that day. I guess the title of this show is Just Asked the Question, so I'm just going to ask you, did you ever anticipate anything like that? No. No, I did not anticipate anything like it, but I can honestly say I'm kind of not surprised that it did happen. Um, I don't know how much sense that makes to people, but uh, I, you never thought that you would have your own countrymen um, attacking, you know, U.S. citizens, uh, police officers to change the outcome of an election. That's the, that's the, well, that's what democracy is, the democratic process, you know? So it, I never... I didn't expect it, but I'm not surprised that it happened. Um, and I think that all is based off of um, the fueling of the fire of the last four years of the previous administration. Um, it, his administration empowered and emboldened a lot of people. And um, it, it gave a lot of people a voice uh, that, that yeah. felt like they had been um, left out for so long. So. Well, to that point, that morning, take me back, you know, we knew what was going to happen that day. It was, it's certification of election, which is pretty much a rubber stamp thing, or it has been in the past. What time did you get into work that day? Mm, 6.30, 6.45 or so, probably about six, closer to 6.45. In the morning? A, yeah, 7 a.m. roll call. And, um, you know, looking back, it's so easy to say, dag, yeah, just something was off. But even that morning, though, it was weird, like, driving in let's, let's think about it. it's january 6 at 6 30 in the morning it's still dark as hell at six o'clock in the morning 6 30 so you're and it's cold as hell 
So you're driving in and you see all these people throughout the city. And I come down North Capitol Street on my way in. So I drive through the city. It's not like I just get off at the highway and I'm at the Capitol. I'm driving through the city to get in to work. And there were people six o'clock in the morning just walking around with flags. It just, it just seemed like a weird, a weird day. But never did I imagine what was in store for us a few hours later. So yeah, I, I uh, remember walking in. I was a block from the White House and there was a guy with a big Confederate flag. And as I'm walking it onto Pennsylvania Avenue, <laughs> someone recognized me and said, I hope you die soon. And uh, the Secret Whoa. Service. Yeah. So I pointed him out to the Secret Service. And that's how I that was how I started that day. Uh, Jesus so I, Christ, man. Yeah. So but I was not in the middle. of. I mean, I went up and covered it. I heard the speech. Uh, with Trump and I heard, you know, one of his interchangeable sons, you know, threatening and then Rudy Giuliani said trial by combat. Yeah. And they all marched up there. I mean, there was no doubt in anybody's mind what was going to happen. I yeah. mean, I, I mean, and I was standing outside as those guys were crawling up the wall. And I remember going, hey, you idiots, there's steps on either side. You know, you're going to well, let me let me let me interrupt you real quick, because like you said, there was no doubt in anybody's mind. I, I got to disagree with that for a minute. Like, oh, well, I mean, after I was there and I got gotcha. you. Well, even still, because when just think about it at the Capitol, I, I start year 14 in November and we see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of protests. Uh, with people that aren't happy sometimes and they come up right. there and they just so we've seen unhappy protesters yelling cussing and all that stuff but i never thought that at any time they would breach attempt to breach and they did and stormed the capitol you know, i never saw that hell i remember yeah. uh during the judge kavanaugh um protest those people they stormed <laughs> stormed the uh the rotunda steps and you know what over 200 people did? They sat down on the steps and they asked to be arrested. Like, <laughs> you know, it, it was a total a far cry from what we had on January 6th, you know? So on January 6th, you know, there were a lot of different stories. It was Antifa. Uh, it was, uh, 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 you know, false flag. BLM. BLM. Yeah, uh, Black Lives Matter. It was uh, anybody but uh, Trump supporters. And then when it was acknowledged that it was Trump supporters. They said it was a peaceful protest. It was like vacation. They that wasn't your moving, experience. They keep, on move, they keep on moving the goalposts, man. It's like, you know, they, if, if this doesn't work, we'll just change our narrative to this. If this doesn't work, we'll change our narrative to that. And I think that's what makes me so frustrated about everything. Like there's literal video evidence of X, Y, and Z happening. And people say that didn't happen. Like that's one of the most frustrating things. And not just, just, average American citizen. We got lawmakers that say that. And I, that is so frustrating and disheartening. So, um, but yeah, no, it wasn't no peaceful thing. Now, now I'm a, I, I like to be uh, fair, honest, transparent about everything. There probably were some people there who were Trump supporters who were absolutely appalled at what was happening there. I'm sure that there were, but you know, hell, even a majority of it, because there were tens of thousands of people. I don't have the exact number, but yeah, according to the stats, it was about 9,000 to 10,000 versus 200 officers. Officers, Yeah. And I did mean, I'm sure you'd hold. Did, were you afraid that you wouldn't hold? 
Well, we're always outnumbered at these large protests. We're always outnumbered, but we expect people to believe behave in a uh, non-terroristic manner. These guys acted as terrorists that day. And so was there a point where you said, I, I don't know if we can hold? I, I do remember some of throughout the day, I remember told some of the officers, you got to protect yourself. Make sure you're protecting yourself. We, we, we don't have the numbers to protect this building the way we want to. Um, you got to protect yourself. So, Well, you all managed to protect every member of Congress. Everything was done the way it was supposed to be done. At the end of the day, were you surprised? No. No. Um, I work with a resilient, dedicated, strong bunch of people a bunch of officers. Um, I'd like to give a special shout out to my specific unit, our first responders unit. Um, there are a lot of hardworking, dedicated guys on there. And even guys that used to, guys and girls, women also, excuse me. Um, we had some people that used to work on that unit that work at different units now, but they responded over there because they know, you know, we take pride in being a first responders unit. Um, but uh, no, it, you look at, the Capitol Police mission, the mission, if you look at like you Google the Capitol Police mission statement, and it says protect members of Congress so that they can fulfill their congressional duties. And that was the mission, that's the Capitol Police's mission. Not one member was hurt that day and they came back that night and they did their congressional duty. So textbook, that the, the mission was successful. I mean, it wasn't pretty at all. And it wasn't without consequence. We lost officer, an officer. Um, and officers are still suffering from uh, physical, and, physical and emotional injuries. You still got officers that, that suffer from that. Um, but it, like I said, it wasn't without con consequence, but we, we succeeded in our mission and the bad guys, they failed, so. Good. We're going to take a real quick break. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Just Asked a Question. I am your host, Brian Karam. With me is uh, Harry. And Harry, we're going to go back to uh, uh, what we were just talking about. And he, he's joined by his attorney and uh, trivia expert, Mark Zaid, who's <laughs> who I, got I in trivia last night. We represent all you guys. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> My attorney, too, full disclosure. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, Harry, let's go back to uh, that day. You said there was, um, was there a point in time when you realized that it wasn't going to be like any other protest? Did you ever think, was there a point in time you said, wow? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I initially was on the other side, I guess, if we can call it the peaceful side, the east side, where it was initially peaceful. The violence came from the west. Uh, and I, the West is the people that came from the, the rally, the speech. Right. Those are the people that initiated the violence initially. So that's why I responded from the East side over to the West side. And uh, I, when, I kept, when I got around there, I ran around the terrace. If anybody's familiar with the geography of the Capitol, you have to run around the building so you can see the other side. So I ran around. Now that's not a short run. It's not. That's... It's not. And I'm a. And I'm not a. And I'm not a small guy either. So, you know. <laughs> so I'm not run, either. I run. It took it out. It took it. It took me out, man. But I made it. But when I got over there, that was. It was. I. Get, I literally paused. It probably was like a two second pause, but it seemed like one of those 
dramatic scenes from a movie where the music starts playing and they pan around the whole crowd and they go back to the guy and he's just standing there with his mouth wide open like, what the hell is this? Um, and I got over there and I just saw officers engaged in combat and smoke just everywhere. It was like, a, a, I've never been in war, but I've seen, like, I guess I can only compare it to a movie or uh, the images that I've seen. It seemed like a, 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 a battlefield. Yeah. Um, a, sm a small version of it, but uh, it, it was, uh, I never expected to see that though. Well, I, I've been in a war and I was there that day. And I tell you, I felt safer in the Gulf War than I felt at the Capitol that day. I'm going to be you honest. You know what? I've had other soldiers, former soldiers say that uh, a coworker, Sergeant Gunnell said, echoed the same sentiments. Um, I can't, I can't, that's, that's, it's impossible to wrap my head around that. How are you safer in an active war zone, you know, Desert Storm, Iraq, whatever, then the United States Capitol, like, wow. Yeah, that's, and I, and I have to tell you, that's what, in Desert Storm, when I was there, I was a reporter covering it, and I knew the guys that were with me were the good guys. They, they weren't going to try to take my life. Yeah. But I didn't know who to trust in that large crowd, and I trusted no one and i was surrounded by them um i trusted the guys in blue i'll be honest it's you guys that i i trusted um but you all were had your hands full so i know i knew if if anything happened to me there was not a chance in hell i was going to be safe yeah um, we we, we, we would have made an exception to make <laughs> well thank you <laughs> where do you did you talk with any of the, I, I know you testified about some of the things they said to you. What, what, what did, let's go over a little bit of that. What did they tell you? Well, that's the thing like they, that just, I just remember like random utterances. I don't remember full conversations or whatever. Right. Um, but things that stuck well, out. Well, you were a little busy. So that's yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so like things that did stick out were, you know, that we're here. This is our house. Like that, that's one of the biggest thing that they said, this is our house. Um, Donald Trump sent us, um, we're waiting on Trump, you know, uh, we're stopping the steal. Um, we're doing this for you guys. Like it, everything was justifying their behavior. Like they were just justifying any action that they did. Um, I said, Hey, you're beating the hell out of us cops. Well, if they were, if they were on our side, you know, st stand with us kind of thing. Like it wouldn't happen. Like they try to justify everything, you know. When it, at the end of the day, when it was over, what time did, were you able to go home? I, I, I think I clocked out close to midnight, uh, 12, 1230 or so. Um, That's an 18 hour day. About that. And it turned around and was right back at 630 the next morning. Wow. Did you realize the next morning what it, I mean, the history of what you had just well, well, I don't, like you said, time is a blur. So I don't even remember what time the building was declared safe officially. Um, I just know that once all the bad guys were out of the building, um, a lot of people that were inside fighting went outside to get some air and breathe. The building was covered in peppers. Every, every corner of the building had smog that was, pepper spray you know and couldn't breathe in that thing so everybody just went outside and I remember when I went outside first thing I did was I looked up and I saw like these little I don't guess they're drones I guess UAVs or whatever it's like five or six I'm just flying around the Capitol and then every um 
piece of real estate, grass, concrete, sidewalk, had a police car on it. Every, I was like, what the hell? Um, and honestly, that's what I true. Everybody says, you know, what did we do different? How did, you know, what, what did y'all do to finally get them to leave, to win? You know, what did y'all do? We, we didn't do nothing. We just got more bodies there. We got help. <laughs> you outlasted them. That was it. That was that's all we did. You know, I, it wasn't it wasn't that uh that message uh that that uh, the former president said it wasn't that go home guys go home it wasn't that it was right. police officers and from all around the, the the DMV area officers that were off duty officers that just showed up because they're they are true patriots and believe in you know respect in law enforcement uh they showed up. And they beat their ass. That's how it happened. That's what happened. When did you realize you were going to have to testify before Congress? And were you eager to? Uh, honestly, I, I would have told from the beginning. The first time I told my story, I made a decision in my mind. Here we go. I, I don't know where this is going to lead me, but I, I sought out to get seek accountability, um, justice. Uh, recognition for my coworkers. That's what I sought out for and to tell the truth about what happened that day. And um, I was prepared to go until that happened. And I, I'm so honored and happy that I got the opportunity to tell my story and ask for those things uh, at the, the select committee. Um, Let's talk a little bit about that day, the select committee. Everyone who uh, watched, and I, I mean the country watched. Yeah and saw your testimony. And of course, I, I know you spoke to a, a wonderful attorney beforehand, but. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, but that day, what you asked for was justice. What you're seeking is justice. Are you- well, It was mainly account accountability. Yes. Accountability. Accountability, yeah. Are you convinced that this select committee will be able to deliver that? I don't know. I, I don't know what their limitations are. I don't, I just try, I try to stay out the political side of it. Um, I got the opportunity to tell my story on the record, to ask for these things on the record. Uh, it seems like the people involved care about the exact same thing, um, which is, it's, it's encouraging. I, I guess I don't know their limitations. I haven't followed it too much. Um, I kind of just, I, I don't want to overstep my boundaries like this is what I did this is what I wanted and I did that and you know I can accept them saying that hey you know what as bad as this sucks there's nothing that we can legally do I can accept that I can't accept them not even looking at it at all without and then coming to without and then come to a conclusion without even looking at it so I can accept you know that but at least look at it. can you accept the the people Ashley Babbitt's people who want the want you all prosecuted? Man, people people sue McDonald's because their coffee's too hot. People are idiots, man. And you know, people can sue anybody for anything. So yeah, but <laughs> you can't worry about that. It, it, it's the America's composed of people like that. Um, people ex like that exist in this society, and because we're a democracy, they have a voice. So, you know, you can't just silence people out because they're talking nonsense. Um, you just have to drown out. You have to drown them out with more people that, I guess, agree with you. I don't know how to word that, but 
you know, <laughs> shouting contest, and we yeah. win. <laughs> shouting contest, majority majority rules. Whoever yells the loudest wins. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but um, what it, if you were to meet? Like, I often have to talk to some of the people who would still who still support what happened on January 6th. And I always try to talk with them, level with them, reason with them, not successfully all of them, but some. And, you know, what would you, what would you want someone who would support that type of insurrection? What would you want them to know about what you and, and your colleagues did and why you're asking for them to act civil? What is it that you would tell them? Well, I think it's just as simple as, well, it's not as simple as that because there's literally documented footage that people don't acknowledge as it happened. Yeah. Um, so you could say some people you just, you just you did, you did, it's just no sense. If you can't look at that tape and you call that peaceful, then there's no further conversation that we can really have. Um, people need to be honest with themselves first and foremost. And then, only then, when both people are honest, then when you can have conversations, um, meaningful ones. And uh, there was an attempt to change the election. There was an attempt by, and, and you know what? Sure, like I said earlier, it probably wasn't majority of the people there. It probably wasn't. It was probably a small majority of them, but it existed and it happened. And it was close to happening. It was close. We were a few pivotal moments on January 6th, away from a whole different look at this country right now, you know? Tell me about that. What, what do you mean? Like, uh, I'm just saying, just, just think of the, just the, some of the stories that you heard, the, the Eugene yeah. Goodmans leading these people away from the chamber. What if they got in there with all the members in there? What if, what if that? What if uh, Ashley Babbitt was not shot and they proceeded to break through into the chamber? What if when they left out the the intern didn't grab the electoral votes you know what if you know what if that didn't happen there there are a couple key moments that are pivotal throughout that day that if they would have went different who knows where we're at now to even today you said you'd be if if they look into it and they say they can't do anything you would accept that there are a lot of people who are not that forgiving who believe that those who uh, acted that day and those responsible for organizing it have to be uh, held accountable. Um, do you think um, in light of that, that that's something that in, in your testimony, do you think that's still a possibility that those responsible for planning it would be held accountable? Like call me crazy though, but I believe in democracy and you know what? Well, then you're going to have to paint me crazy too, brother. And we'll that's have a couple saying. of like, bourbons <laughs> together. I believe in democracy and you know what? It's not a secret. I wasn't a fan of Donald Trump. I wasn't. Um, but he was the president. You know, all the people said, not my president. Yeah, he was my president. Yeah, and, uh, he was our president. Yeah, he was our president. It didn't Whether exist. he wanted to accept it or not. Exactly. And you know what? That's what that's the, the beauty of voting. You get the opportunity to put people in office that uh, represent your voice. Um, not just me, but you know, Mark in North Dakota or Stephen in Montana, everybody gets. Well, not Stephen in Montana, but maybe everybody. No. <laughs> <laughs> that one guy. Yeah, that one guy, you know, that one but, guy. Uh, but that's the thing. You, you vote for the people that you want to put that, that, that represents your voice. And that's that's what a democracy is. 
So I, you know what? I would have to accept it. I might not agree. It would suck. I'd be like, this is bull. Like, this is bull. We all know, but you know what? Whatever. What can you do about it? You just, right. you know, but what can you do about it? Do you, on that day, when you saw what was happening, I mean, in your heart, in my heart, I'll tell you where I fall down is I'd like to see those people who helped organize it be held responsible for it. Maybe not that day. I don't think that day, I don't think that's, that day was all about surviving and going home. Like we didn't get, like nobody really processed it till, hell, even later. a couple of weeks later, you know, when the media started covering it and, you know, we knew what happened, but. You know, I, did, I didn't watch the speech. I didn't see what they said until they showed clips of it, you know. I mean, I heard what the people told us, but I didn't know that they actually, yeah. the things that the people told us were actually said by the speakers at the, you know, event. Well, for, I, st- I was standing there when Rudy Giuliani said, trial by combat, and one of the interchangeable you know, sons were whipping them into a frenzy. And, yeah. you know, they were grinning as they sent them up the hill. We knew, I that's when I knew, this was not going to go well, but you're, mm-hmm. you all weren't aware of what was, were you, what was not, happening? Not, not to that extent. Like I said, we saw a lot of people and that wasn't the first time the, um, I'll just refer to them as the MAGA crowd. Um, that wasn't the first time they were in DC. That was like their third time. Um, yeah. Sure. There were skirmishes with uh, MAGA, Antifa and BLM. There were skirmishes throughout the city. There was, uh, I think in one of the times in November when they came up, it was uh when they burnt the, the church or something like that and the guy was stabbed. So it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't peaceful, but it wasn't nothing that you would have to call the national guard in for, you know? Right. So, it wasn't an insurrection. They weren't, it wasn't an insurrection. Yeah. They weren't marching through the Capitol with the Confederate flag, Correct. which had, yeah. didn't even occur during the actual life of the Confederacy that never happened. Wasn't the Confederacy only like four years long? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had underwear longer than that. Oh, I've had a <laughs> longer than the Confederacy last See year. now. <laughs> oh, it's a tough room. I'm telling you. I have underwear older than the Confederacy. I know, right? <laughs> so when we come back, and uh, Mark, I want to ask you a couple questions too when we come back. But um, when we come back, let's talk about what, Harry, what life is like for you now and how, um, uh, and how it's changed. Stick around, we'll be right back. Hey there, JATQ listeners. We deeply appreciate your listenership and the audience we've been able to cultivate while producing this podcast. Thanks to all of your support, we've been able to ramp things up and create even more content for you to enjoy. Through our Patreon page, there are lots of new and exciting things to check out. Due to the way Patreon is set up, it's entirely up to you, the listener, to decide what that content is worth. The podcast episodes will always be free, but if you want to gain access to our weekly newsletter, ad-free episodes, exclusive merch, and much, much more, you'll want to head over to patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon.com slash podcast. Thanks. Have a great day. Hi, it's Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam, and with us is a renowned trivia expert and, of course, a civil rights attorney, Mark. Mark, do I get that right? Is it, is it civil rights? Is that how you like to be billed? No. No, uh, no, a civil rights attorney would be 
I know. I'm I'm only kidding you because you you told me that once before. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm all for civil rights. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me too. I'm a, I'm a national security attorney. Yeah. And with and with us is his client, uh, Harry. And Harry Dunn is uh, was one of the police officers at uh, the Capitol the day of the insurrection. Uh, Harry, since the um, since the insurrection and since your testimony, things have changed rather uh, dramatically. I, how yeah. how has let's talk a little bit about how it has changed since January six. Uh, how is it for you? Are you all um, have you all gone through uh, PTSD? Uh, I mean, is training and and uh, uh, counseling and. Um, I know that there were some officers that were disciplined. I know there's, uh, you are looking to hire. I, I know it's uh, a situation that has been pretty fluid. So what, it's, what, what has it been like for you since then? Well, so I only speak on the things that like, I specifically know about um, and you know things that officers we talked about in break rooms and locker rooms and stuff like that. But uh, I think everybody's anxious to uh, move forward and see what the future holds for uh, Capitol Police. Um, I think anytime that anything gets dissected, uh, like the way Capitol Police, January 5th, people, uh, half the country didn't know Capitol Police existed. Um, well, they then, thought you were, most yeah. people thought you were just security guards. Yeah. And then you got January 6th that happened and everybody's, you know, paying attention to Capitol Police. And now we're under this microscope, which can, which can be a good thing. Um, if there's, you know, when you have a lot of people overseeing something with the intention to make positive changes, that's a good thing. So I think, uh, you know, Congress does their job that, you know, our, our executive team, meaning management and stuff, they, they do their job. And I think we're all excited to see the possibilities that are, that are endless, I guess, with Capitol Police to, uh, to see where um, we can go. Um, but uh, people are still slowly I think uh, taking counseling and um, uh, there has been a emo, uh, EAP, uh, employee assistance, there's been available since um, January 7th. They were available the next day. Um, peer support, uh, Capitol Police is actually working on their, um, a bunch of officers have been having their own peer support team and program, which is great um, because it didn't exist before. So there, there are strides being made to um, address the issue of uh, mental health and um, wellness. So, and actually, I believe, that, I believe that was actually in one of the congressional bills, uh, the wellness um, aspect of it. So, yeah. So now the last time I saw you, you were in the Rose Garden in that heat sink of the Rose Garden of the White House. It's so hot. My goodness, man. It's always 150 degrees in the Rose Garden, no matter what time of day it is and no matter what time of year. It could be snowing six feet and, and it doesn't matter. And it could be midnight. But in the Rose Garden, it's going to be hot and the sun's going to be shining. <laughs> so I've never been there where it's been anything but. Yeah. But um, that had to be, I mean, you were, you met the president. Yeah. How was yeah, that? that? It was a, it was a really it was a really proud moment, and I tell you what the one the proudest moment that day was, uh, like when our our children and the kids got to go stand up front, right next to Joe Biden, and you have uh Officer Billy Evans' uh, daughter 
Todd saying, don't use that pen, use this one. And she's grabbing pens out of Joe Biden's hand. And it's like, wow, this is so cool. And my daughter's standing right there. And, you know, you got- uh, she's going to get her pen. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. And then you have Sergeant Gunnell with his son and Captain Mendoza's son. And you, the kids are front and center. And I, I saw one of the pictures that just, it's caught me just looking back and just, st- just had this proud look on my face, just because it wasn't even at that moment, like, as a parent, like, it's not even about me. It was about my kids, you know, my, my daughter, I just have one. Um, that's, that's what it was all about. I was like, wait a minute. Oh, they're here to honor me, by the way. Oh yeah. Oh, Daphne, get out the way. Let, let daddy get up here. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> but, but it was just, it was such a proud moment as a parent and uh, to top it all off uh, of one of my goals that I set out to get recognition for all of our officers that uh, fought so bravely and valiantly um, to see that actually come to fruition, uh, it was a very proud moment. So, and a well-deserved moment. You know, uh, I, I asked you at that point in time, I said, how do you like your new chief? And you turned around and gave me the thumbs up. No, no, no. I did the, uh, I gave oh, the that's heart. Right. You did the, heart. the heart. That's right. The heart. I gave, yeah. I gave the heart symbol. That's right. I think I even have a, a photo of that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Somebody yeah, was standing uh, next to me going, what is he flirting with you? And I'm going, yeah, that's it. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, that's what he's doing. <laughs> no, um, I was, I, I, I'm a Montgomery County resident, so I was familiar with uh, the chief. Um, you know, he was my chief, you know, as, as a resident. Um, I, I guess I'm very uh, optimistic about uh, the people that made the decision. You know, we trust that they made the right decision. And um, like I said, that's, that's not our decision to make. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic that uh, everybody realizes that changes need to be made. And I think that, like I said earlier, you have to be honest with yourself and say, this needs to happen, that needs to happen. And once you are honest, then you can realize, all right, then we can, we'll see where we can go from here. So everybody had, is looking at it with, uh, everybody's looking at it like, okay, we need to make changes. Let's, let's see what we need to do. So I'm, I'm optimistic to see what, uh, what happens going forward, so. Well, um, I, I'll, I'll ask it this way. Um... Prior to um, the insurrection and after the insurrection, you feel better now? Of course. Uh, each each day, each day it gets. Now I say that, but I'm not. I'm not there yet. You know, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not where I was on January fifth. You know. Um, right. But every day you want to you want to get better, and that's my goal. And um, I've been meeting with a uh, a fantastic therapist, and. Um, it gives me exercises to do like on a weekly basis. And, um, do you have any regrets from that day? On January 6th? Yeah. No, no. I haven't even thought about that question. That's the first time I've been asked that question. No, I don't. Um, no. Well, that's, that's good. I mean, I like what was said to you guys when you were in uh, Congress and I think it was Jamie, was it Jamie or Raskin or someone who said, look, you guys did your job. You held. Yeah, I think that was uh, Adam Kinzinger. Yeah, I'm sorry, Adam yeah. Schiff may have said the Schiff, same, yeah. the same thing. Um, but no, I, I no, no specific. Uh, Were you surprised? I mean, it's, that- it's so it's it's easy to. That, like, I guess I'd stay away from that question too because it's so easy to say. Well, we should have did this. We should have did that. But as far as regrets, no, no, I don't. I don't have any. Yeah, and I don't think you should have any. But I, I, I mean, I ask it as a human being because, you know, I. I even when you do everything right, sometimes you, you, and I don't want you to feel bad about that. I, I, yeah. I, I mean, I know my tendency is when 
the shit hits the fan, even if I successful in doing what I have to do, sometimes I go, well, shit, if I'd only done something, you know, different, yeah. but yeah. it was not anything that you all could control. And I, well, I, I always tell people and friends of mine to be kind to yourself. Like, don't beat yourself up. This is rough. So I take my own advice. I'm, all, I, I be, I'm kind to myself. So I don't look at, you know, I, I'm, I'll, I'll listen to criticisms all day, but I'm not going to beat myself up about anything. Um, because I know that everything that I did, I did from uh, a standpoint of trying to do the right thing. So good. Well, that's good. I'm, and now I, I'm going to, we're going to take another short break and then we'll come back for the last segment. So stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, just ask the question podcast listeners. If you've got a second, head on over to Twitter and follow our official page, JATQ podcast. That's JATQ podcast. Again, that's at JATQ podcast. Hi, we're back. It's uh, Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Mark <coughs> German. Uh, I guess uh, the one thing I wanted to ask, uh, Mark, uh, and this is a question for, for uh, I mean, Harry testified. Is there, do you feel confident that, um, and you know this situation better than not most, and you and I talked a little bit about some of the problems that you have last week. Um, do you, are, are you confident that what they've done won't be in vain? I think it's a really hard thing to assess and probably time will tell us more than predictions. You know, I, I hate in Washington, D.C. trying to predict some of these things. <laughs> uh, I, I guess, you know, if you do so and you end up being right, you can say how prescient you were, uh, like like my coup comments, right? Uh, yeah. and impeachment will follow. I predicted that four years, <laughs> three years or so before it happened. Yeah, what a joke. Uh, I could say the commission or the committee will, the select committee will fail and then a year from now say, oh, wow, look how prescient I am. Uh, who knows? You know, what do we know? We can assess and look at and identify what are their problems right now. You know, for one, we'll say, you know, I want the select committee to succeed 150%. I am fully behind what their effort is uh, and what they need to do. And there's some really important things to do. But as you and I had discussed in an earlier podcast, they've already started with some serious problems in their staff hiring. Yeah. That is really disappointing. And as far as I'm concerned, really calls into question their credibility and their ability to be able to render judgments that we can have faith in. But there's, there's also a lot of politics involved. I, I know the most recent statements that have been issued is that they're going to go after some lawmakers, some fellow lawmakers, at least written yes. records. And, you know, that's going to be very interesting to see. And I'm all for it. Uh, how successful that will be, you know, we shall see. And how much chutzpah the Democrats and the two Republicans, or three, I suppose, now with the former congressman having joined their ranks. Right. Uh, you know, how, how they in going after the main Republicans that are not participating, uh, what repercussions will come out of that, which we don't know. And, and those are not illegitimate 
concerns for the Democrats to have, because at some point in time, they won't be in power and the Republicans will. And, you know, I, I worked on the select committee, committee with Benghazi um, in the sense that I represented uh, half a dozen CIA officials that were, you know, called to testify numerous times. I was at half a dozen hearings, uh, classified hearings. I saw how that you have more wherewithal than I do. I get sick of those damn things. I, I saw how the select committee worked in a partisan environment. Yeah. And it, it was, for the most part, really useless. So we'll see. Uh, I, I am optimistic because I want to be with this select committee. But uh, I think I'll probably reserve judgment until I see what their final report is. So, Harry, that brings me back to you. So um, I guess at the end of the day, if if it doesn't go through and you've said you'll be you'll be happy with the fact that you were able to get your story out. But does it does it bode well for our democracy? Do you, are you still hopeful? You said, you know, hey, it's funny. You believe in democracy. Hey, it's funny. I do, too. Are yeah. you still hopeful? I think once you lose hope, you lose everything. So, like, you know, yeah. I know that sounds like a, a well. If you lose hope in bourbon, you lose everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the truth. That's the truth. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I do believe that it. You have to have hope, you know. And like, like I said, like I said earlier, call me crazy, but if you don't like what's being done, you vote differently, and you, you know, and you lobby your lawmakers to do this and that. Like, <clears throat> Congress works for the United States people. That's what they work for. Yeah, and, uh, people. I think lose sight of that, and you know. Well, I think members of Congress do for sure. <laughs> that's fair. That's a, that's a fair point. Yeah, and I th and I think there are people who lose that uh, perspective too. They look at them as leaders or put them on a pedestal when really they work for us. They work for. They're our representative. They're elected yeah. officials, um, and it's an honor to be in that position. You know, so we we need to hold them more accountable, and if they disagree. I disagree if they're not representing the the voice of the people they represent then you got to find somebody that will and that's the that's the that's the beauty of democracy that's the beauty of it yeah it 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 you know like they said what kind of government do you want a democracy or you know republic if you'll have it you mm -hmm. have to be willing to accept it and yeah. uh, i i i worry about those who do and those who do not yeah. but uh let's take a i want to uh, Take a lighter trip for for a second. All right. So we know we know who Harry is. But uh, Harry, it's a Saturday afternoon. You got a chance to do one thing. What are you gonna do? After the the weeks that I've had, I'm going yeah. home. I'm gonna pour me a nice drink and I'm gonna put my feet up and I'm gonna turn some music on. And ah, what kind of music? It. What kind of music? It depends. So this is weird. Like I, I and I'll go down. I'll give you a little. You know, quick story real quick. I listen to Spotify and uh, I have all these suggested playlists. You know, if anybody, well, I think all music platforms, they suggest based on your listening history. And uh, I think somebody, somebody must have hacked in, not hacked into, but I must have gave a <laughs> password too. But uh, I was listening to one of my playlists and Whitney Houston came on. Now, there's nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong with Whitney Houston. She's yeah, great, yeah. amazing singer, all that stuff. But I've never like searched actively searched for Whitney Houston on my, but she came on. So I was like, all right, and it was the song "The Greatest Love of All." Oh yeah. So that so that kind of gave me. It came on while I was struggling with all this 
that's been going on and uh, receiving a little bit of negative backlash. And one of the, the lyrics in the song, it goes on, I decided long ago never to walk in anyone's shadow. If I fail, if I succeed, at least I lived as I believe. No matter what they take from me, they can't take away my dignity. And I was like, holy cow. Like, that's how I feel because like, I feel like I am doing the right thing. So I'm going to do what I feel is right. You're not going to tell me this and that. I still have my dignity. And I started just believing in myself a lot more, you know, with the, with the support from uh, Mark and uh, a lot of uh, other coworkers um, quietly just gave me the confidence. And this, this ain't been easy, man. If we keep it real, this ain't been easy at all. Uh, and, um, and Mark's was honest with me all the, the entire step of the way about, hey, this is going to happen. You might lose this. You know, people gonna look at you different. Like, you'll be the pup. Everything was right, you know. So, you know, he prepared me as much as he could for it. But, um, but yeah, I got to take it out of story. But, but Wendy Houston was on my freaking playlist. Now, who, was, are you, uh, who are you looking for on Spotify? You know, I, 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 I'm kind of like an, I'm 37. So I, I, I don't know if old soul is applicable. What is old soul once you're 37? You know, to young people, I'm an old man. To uh, James to Brown, their, baby. To people over, in their 50s, they're like. 50 like us. I, <laughs> Wait a minute. I listen, I listen to a lot of uh, Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder. Oh, like, I, yeah. I love them. Like, it's great. Feel, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, feel yeah. Good feel good music yeah. so i put that on i got the title of my playlist Earth, is fire has a great version of a beatles song got to get you into my life and if you ever listen- i did not know that was a beatles song yes oh this is how young he is oh See, that's the thing. i did not know that was a beatles song but that is a fantastic song yeah. though and it's one of the best arrangements and i think it was paul mccartney who said it was one of his favorite arrangements of a beatles song that's awesome. That's great. I didn't know. I did not know that until just now. Yeah. But I love Earth, Wind, and Fire. I love that verse, that rendition of yeah. that song. It's a great song. It's just feel good music. So I'll put my feet up. I'm tired. Right, so you're putting on. your feet up. You've got Earth, Wind, and Fire on, for example. Uh, what, what are you eating? What, what are you going to eat that day? Kicking back. You know, for, I'll probably get some popcorn. Just some popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. What kind of meat? What are we well, putting no, 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 on, that's, that's the, we put on the, the grill? That's the snack. You know what? I, I haven't really been cooking since all this stuff. It's been a lot of uh, Uber Eats, man. I tell you, oh, man. Yeah. I, I over, I overpay, but I, t- I tip well. I tip that they love to see me coming. Like I tell you. All man. right. I'm inviting you over to the house. I'm going to grill. What am I putting on the grill for you? Ribs, ribs, oh. ribs, ribs, ribs. <laughs> okay. Always, but always burgers and dogs. No matter what you have, burgers and dogs is your appetizer. Oh, well. It's always your appetizer. Well, well when we grill, baby, there's about 100, 100 pounds of beef going somewhere. Hey, yeah. well, that's, that's awesome. I went to uh, my family reunion this weekend, and I grilled a pig. It was about an 85-pound pig. Uh, <laughs> I grilled, grilled a hog, chopped it up, uh, made pulled pork and barbecue, so it was delicious. So There you go. I know how to. I just haven't been doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I'm glad to hear the life's getting back to normal for you. Uh, yeah. Do you think it'll ever be as good as it was, you know, or or – the same as before January 6th? I'm hoping it gets better, man. There you I'm, go. Hoping it, I'm hoping it's better than What January. do you tell your kids? And, and tell know, me, how many kids do you have? And, and- I just have a daughter. Daphne actually will be 10 on Monday. She turns 10, double digits. And um, Oh, are you, what, you in I, trouble? I don't think so, man. I don't think so. I know everybody says that, but I, tell you, I, I got a good, I got a 
great daughter, man. Uh, she's you, got you wrapped around her finger. She Come does. On. And you know yeah. what? I'm okay, I'm okay with that, you know? <laughs> um, but uh, but no, um, I tell you what, she's a ham. She eats it up though. I tell you, she uh well, she I saw her at the White House. At the White House, that's what I'm saying. She was uh she was showing all her friends and her uh her cousins, like, hey, look at these pictures, and she's texting it. This is me with the so um this is me with the president. Yeah, I no, with, the, with my presence. I know with Vice President Harris, um she when she was a senator, I she like we know we she know who I am. Like every right. time she would come in our barricade or into the Capitol, she would always speak to you. It was uh it, not just hey officer, or just like one of those ways, but she was like, Hey, how's it going? Like it would be she would have conversations with us. And uh I mean, obviously, unless she's running the you know, running, it's something going on, but right. But she was very, very friendly to officers and she spoke to us and made us feel like not just the guard there. You know, she she talked to us. So I got I think when she saw it, she she it's I'm hard, I'm six seven, you know, it's hard for me to kind of forget who I am, you know. Yeah, you ain't so, hiding so from she, anybody, brother. <laughs> so we took we, she 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 uh she was uh gracious enough, she took a selfie with us. And uh, with me and my daughter, and I actually got that picture blown up, and uh, my daughter is hanging in my daughter's room now. So it was a really good picture. So, so when it happened, what'd you tell her? I mean, did did you have to explain what happened to her? And no, I mean, no, no, no. She just, I just said, I'm, I'm really, really proud of you. Um, and I just said thank you. You know, well, I, I don't know how to receive compliments. Well, I just like, thanks. All right, yeah. So how are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm the same way, but I'll give you this one. Thank yeah. you for your service that day. And thanks, thanks, for, man. I appreciate and it. thanks for saving the U.S. Because you saved you and everybody that did it that day. Um, I was on the outside watching it. And I was, um, uh, that was, I think, out of all the riots I've covered, out of all uh, of the wars or the conflict zones I've been in, and I've been in a few, um, that was one day I felt really nervous about the U.S. and, and our yeah. future. And since then... Um, I, I feel a lot more confident with Tom Manger there uh, I, and with people like you there. And Thank I, you. I, and, and I know Tom has the right attitude about who to hire and how to train him and what to expect. And so I, and, uh, and I know you do and I, from seeing you and, and knowing you as I do and spending some time with you, it's good that we have good people at the Capitol. And I'm, I'm sorry that it happened. And I, all I had to do was cover it and get threatened by a, a bunch of yokels, but you guys were in the thick of it. And, and my I'll own- tell you what, though, and like, and, and you know, it's not to cut you off or anything, but no, go ahead. You know, a lot of people, you know, are deferring praises to the police and everything. But you know, I appreciate it. it well, I'll, I'll speak specifically for myself, but I, I appreciate it. And uh, police, we we took the the brunt of the physical um, yeah. trauma, but every American that day. Um, was and should be traumatized like it was an attack on america whether you were watching it on tv whether you were there fighting um your 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 feelings shouldn't be invalidated because you met somebody who endured something a little more like your feelings still matter and it was a bad day for america that day um well i, I like, like you said we're just thankful we got a, a bunch of good guys that were hell-bent on yeah. doing the right thing you know well, and I was, uh, and you know, I, I had to, it was me versus when those guys were crawling up the wall. I don't know if I yeah. told you that story, but you know, I told him, I said, Hey idiots, you know, there's steps on either end and 
if you try to crawl up that wall, you're going to end up breaking your neck. And sure enough, one of them fell and did. And there were about six or seven of them. And I think they had just beaten up an AP reporter and they came rushing at me. And I said, hey, wait a minute. I work for Playboy. And, <laughs> and, and they stopped. And one of them looked at me and said, um, can you get me into one of the parties? And, and you know, well, shit, I've never asked you that. You know what? Can you give me? <laughs> yeah, we you know, gotta have a party. You know? <laughs> and they have great bourbon. <laughs> well, that's all I want. <laughs> I've never been to a bad Playboy party. Confession. Never been to a bad Playboy party. They've always been good. But, awesome, uh, awesome. but you know, I, I had no baton. <laughs> I had no shield. And mm. there weren't 200 of me. But 200 versus nine or 10,000 people, that's still... I mean, as, as the testimony showed that day, um, you all had to hold the line and not, and even though you were tired and they could just rotate fresh people in. So the fact that you are able to hold, I think is, is a testament. I think it's a testament to your training and your wherewithal. So. And not even, I don't even think just, just the training, but I just think the sheer willpower because you don't train for an insurrection. We train for a lot of we train for a lot of scenarios that haven't happened at the Capitol, but one of them that we we've never trained for that has happened was an insurrection. So you can't really train for that. So I think you've got to put that on the character and the type of person that is hired um, by Capitol Police. I think that says a lot about our agency um, that they hire good people, and uh, it, it was all about determination and willpower that day and pride being an American, you know, there's only so much training can do when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. When you got 9,000 people versus 200, you better have, you better have, you better have some, a deep set of huevos at some point. (laughs) Hey. Uh, Yeah, pretty much. So yeah. Well, I know you said y'all love trivia, man. It's crazy. They'll probably, this will be a trivia question in the years to come, man. Something about January 6th, man. It's, yeah, think in the about history it. books, man, it's crazy. Yeah, and you were there, and, and I, but I, you know, the different perspective from where we were, I don't think is, um, it still doesn't. I don't know that it is still sunk in with me because it it uh, it was so much to take in. I mean, from yeah. the putting up a scaffold to to, to hang our vice president, yeah. and, and they would have done it. Yeah. And God knows what would have happened if they'd got to Nancy Pelosi or, or gotten to, you know, any of the members of Congress. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, it's, you just sit there and think about it. And you keep, you say the 200 now. I swear, if you, you know, I, I don't want to make, like I said, I'm not making this all about me. I have, like I said, a hard time accepting this praise and everything. But if you, if you ask 200 different officers that day, you'll get 200 completely different stories about what yep. people went through um, because everybody, one, experienced it different and interpreted it different and experienced different things. And yeah. I was fortunate. I was blessed, man. I did not receive physical injuries. Like, I, you know, a bruise here, a scratch there. But, you know, I, I was able to come back to work the next day. And some people are, like I said, are still out nursing physical injuries. And um, I, I was lucky, you know. But you're I did experience the rest. six seven and and, and yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I attributed to a lot of it to that too, you know. So yeah. you know, I, I I was lucky, but some of my coworkers, those brave guys, they weren't so lucky. So 
No, and and you know, I I I think a lot of those people who attacked you all were were cowards. Yeah. And then when they see someone big, they they would there's a natural uh, aversion to taking on someone who could literally kick their ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> that's, you know, hey, I'm just saying. They, yeah, they would go yeah. after, and, and that's the cowardice that I saw. I saw them moving in numbers, threatening people. It, you know, it's, it's, you know, we all grew up in, in a neighborhood where there were bullies. You know, we knew yeah. of bullies, or there were kids that would pick fights but it was always those kids that would work in groups that were too afraid yeah. to confront you one-on-one that uh, could be most troublesome when there's a bunch of them around. Individually, they're all cowards. Yeah. Together, they find courage because they yep. can, you know, against one. Yeah. And so that's, I, I saw a lot of that. That's one of the things I remember seeing on that day was just individually, there was a scared look in a lot of their eyes collectively when they got together they were dangerous yeah and and you all took the brunt of that well, well listen I, I appreciate you being on the show i thank you for doing this uh, thanks for having any, me. anything you'd like to say before we take off no i uh i i've been talking since february man i um <laughs> <I'm good. laughs> all right well i think mark mark said it best uh you know people were asking uh on you know for me to come on their media their shows uh the day we testified and Look, he he just te- he just gave you four hours of testimony. What more do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Take a soundbite, you bastard! I've been talking. I've been talking since February. I'm I'm good, man. Well, I, I one of the things I wanted to do with this, and I hope we were successful, is get, let people know who, who you are, not just that yeah. you were an officer doing your job, but you're you're a damn human being with kid with a kid yeah. and trying to lead a life and doing what. I mean, I think that we sometimes forget who we put in harm's way and we look at people as um, objects instead of as people. And I I really want, if nothing else from this, I want someone to say, wow, you know, he's, he, he could be my next door neighbor. I'm, I'm sorry that this happened. And, and for someone to think twice, and this comes from, you know, I worked for years for America's most wanted and we would catch criminals that was one of the things that we did and i would often interview people and say listen we're not like the rest of the media i actually hope hopefully people will get to know you through what we do and maybe you'll remember something that will help us catch a criminal so my goal honestly with this was to let people know who you are so that it doesn't happen again because we're all in this like you know this beautiful experiment called democracy together Yeah. And and if we start dividing ourselves up, if we give in to that type of that that hatred and that tribalism, we're screwed. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, I think the most important thing to find out was who you're going to listen to, what you're going to eat when I when I have the barbecue, you're coming over. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm a dry rub guy versus no over sauce. Like I don't necessarily oh, yeah. need the sauce. Give me some good dry rub. You won't need any barbecue sauce. Man. Oh, if you do it right, you don't need barbecue sauce. No barbecue sauce. That's- barbecue sauce for people that don't know how to grill, man. I That's wow. <laughs> Amen. Woo. Hallelujah. And I've got one of those smokers. I don't like gas. I do it with wood. Yes. Yes. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. We track it. All right. I got this one of these things from Texas where I cut a 55 gallon drum in half and put a smoker on the side and you smoke all day long. Love it. Love it. There you go. All right. (laughs) 
All right, you're getting an invite. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate Mark, it. Mark, you're coming. <laughs> I'll be all right. Yeah, all right. All right. Listen, the, the name of the show is Just Ask the Question. For all the recipes on dry rub, you can reach me at Brian Karam on, on, on Twitter. So yeah. thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next time. Have a good one. Hey there, JATQ listeners. We deeply appreciate your listenership and the audience we've been able to cultivate while producing this podcast. Thanks to all of your support, we've been able to ramp things up and create even more content for you to enjoy. Through our Patreon page, there are lots of new and exciting things to check out. Due to the way Patreon is set up, it's entirely up to you, the listener, to decide what that content is worth. The podcast episodes will always be free. But if you want to gain access to our weekly newsletter, ad-free episodes, exclusive merch, and much, much more, you'll want to head over to patreon.com slash J-A-T-Q podcast. That's patreon.com slash J-A-T-Q podcast. Thanks. Have a great day.